This is Doug Preston, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Schaubel. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Schaubel. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is best-selling author and journalist, Doug Preston. Doug has written for The New Yorker and Harper's and has written books including Lost City of the Monkey God and Cities of Gold, along with a series of books with Lincoln Child. We talk about his career and latest book, The Lost Tomb, during this episode. Doug, welcome to Five Questions. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. So what did you learn from the time spent at the American Museum of Natural History that set you up for the rest of your career? Everything. Just about everything. That job experience, I worked there for eight years, was phenomenal. I think at least half the novels I've written have somehow come out of that job. And not only that, that's how I met Lincoln Child, my writing partner. He approached me. I was writing a column in Natural History Magazine, which is published by the museum. And he approached me as an editor from St. Martin's Press and asked if I would write a book about the museum, a nonfiction book, which I did and was published as Dinosaurs in the Attic. And then he said to me, you know, I really wanna see some of these weird behind the scenes storage rooms and areas that you write about. And I said, well, I, I can't really show them to you. You know, they're kind of off limits and I'm just a young employee. I don't have the, he said, no, I really wanna see them. He kept pressing me. So finally I said, okay, I'll give you a tour, but it has to be at night. And I did have a key that got into a number of different storage rooms and things. So I gave him this tour and I was like two in the morning. We were in the dinosaur, one of the dinosaur halls. He turned to me and said, my God, this has got to be one of the most terrifying buildings in the world. We have got to write a thriller set in this building. And I said, <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. I said, I don't know anything about writing thrillers. He said, well, I do because I've read so many bad manuscripts. I know exactly what not to do. So then we wrote Relic together. It was just going to be a one-off, but it ended up being a lifetime partnership. And that leads perfectly into the second question, actually. How has collaborating with Lincoln Child different from your solo projects? It's wonderful. I mean, of course, in many ways, it's like a bad marriage because we're constantly sniping at each other. We're irritated. I don't like him rewriting what I've written. I certainly don't like him cutting out my absolutely imperishable phraseology and purple prose, and he doesn't like that either. So we spend a lot of time sniping at each other. But the fact is that we trust each other's judgment. Writing is a very lonely profession. And you feel at times, you know, I've written many solo books, you feel at times absolutely at sea, no compass, no map, no idea where you are or where you're going. And when you, with Lincoln, I can always call him up, talk to him and feel anchored and work out problems. That, that is really a, a good thing. I, I really appreciate that. He's like my closest friend, really. Yeah, I love that. And I agree. I, I think that just trusting other people's judgment is the key to collaborating with others on book projects, on probably any project, right? Like I've only written solo books. I almost co-authored a book and I was just so afraid. I'm like, what if we don't get along? But you have such a rich history with him, especially when you first met and the story you told. So I think that that's really helped build that foundation. And then obviously, like the more books you write, the more projects you do, you just, the trust kind of continues to grow. Well, it does. I mean, there's always a bad moment when you get your royalty statement, at least for me, And I see it says, you know, 15% for the agent, 
50% for Lincoln Child. I'm like, wait a minute, that scumbag just took half the money. What did he do? And I'm sure he feels the same way about me. I've heard a saying that in a writing partnership, each partner does 75% of the work. (laughs) And so you think, oh, I did more than he did. No, no, that isn't true. He, He really contributes enormously to these books. I could not write these books on my own. Now a word from our sponsor. Having trouble hiring, retaining, and developing your workforce? iSolved is here to help. iSolved People Cloud is a comprehensive human capital management solution that helps you employ, enable, and empower your workforce throughout the entire employment lifecycle. From attracting and recruiting, to onboarding and compliance, from payroll and benefits to time and labor management, and from talent management to predictive people analytics. Transform your employee experience for a better today and a better tomorrow with iSolved. For more information, go to isolvedhcm.com. And what's your process of learning about and gaining access to historical places and then unraveling those experiences in book form? Well, that's an interesting question because Lincoln is a bit of a recluse. He doesn't travel. He doesn't fly. He's homebody. And I am a traveler. I go all over the world. I get myself in all kinds of terrible sticky and even dangerous situations. And so I do all the traveling and I do all the research. It's very important when writing a novel that you know what you're talking about in terms of the setting. You cannot look at pictures or go to Google Earth or whatever. You've got to go there. And the reader is going to know that you were there. They can sense when you're kind of bullshitting, right? Especially in today's world with social media, you get called out on it. Exactly, exactly. So the only time I've been frustrated in going places, and this is not just true of my novels, but also I write for the New Yorker magazine. The only time I was frustrated in actually going somewhere was during the pandemic, when I did a couple of stories for the New Yorker and was unable to go to the places that I was writing about. And that was very frustrating. And I'm telling you, the articles suffered greatly for me not going. Yeah, and you've been to places that people either dream of, fantasize about, see in movies. And maybe, you know, a lot of people may never get to go on even like a 20th of the adventures you've gone on. And and you've written, obviously, so many different books now. What do you think will surprise and delight people the most when it comes to the new book, The Lost Tomb? The Lost Tomb, this is nonfiction. It's my first nonfiction book since uh, Lost City of the Monkey God. And there are 13 pieces in it. Incredible stories of cannibalism, unusual murders, bizarre mysteries, unsolved crimes, but they're all true. Absolutely every word is true. Here's what amazes me. Some of these stories are so crazy that if they were fiction, the reader would not believe it. They'd say, nope, this guy's off the wall. Nothing like that would ever happen. But because they're true and every fact has been verified, I mean, I'm a ferocious researcher and fact checker. It really is makes, I think, for an interesting read. (laughs) So they they are really interesting stories. And some of them are frustrating in that the mysteries were not solved. And even after centuries, some of them. I definitely feel like when something's authentic and based on, you know, a true story, something that happened, even if it's 80% true, not even 100, people are more invested and are more hooked into it, right? There's more of a, a connection because you feel like, hey, what just happened? It could happen again. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's something, when something's true, it gives you a, a strange feeling. <laughs> wow, that that's, what a mystery that is. Whereas if it's fiction, you, you can only go so far in that 
feeling of wonder because, oh yeah, the guy's got a quite an imagination. Next page. And what's your best piece of career advice? If you're going to be a writer, you have to write every day and you have to read every day. This is not a nine to five job. You know, this is like an Olympic athlete or a violinist who wants to go to Carnegie Hall. They practice every day. That's what you have to do. I guess my second piece of advice is be optimistic. You may or may not make it, but you're not going to make it if you're a pessimist. Be humble. Don't think you're too great because you're not. I'm not that great. And take advice to heart. If someone gives you advice, that's all, instead of getting reacting negatively, which is what a lot of writers do, you should be thankful that someone's willing to tell you the truth. Because let me tell you, your mother's not going to tell you the truth. Your brothers aren't going to tell you the truth. And your friends probably aren't going to tell you the truth about what you've written. So getting some really good negative advice is very helpful. Accept it. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Doug. To follow his journey, you can read The Lost Tomb and find him on Instagram where he shares his latest projects, travels, and family. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Dan And please remember to rate and review the 5 Questions podcast on iTunes. Mm-hmm.